0: G'day Trendsetters, welcome to episode 735 of the Transmove podcast. My name is Tim Egg, and if you have a question for the show, jump on through to the website transmit.com or send me through an email www.timatransmove.com Now, unlike a lot of episodes of late, I have something to talk about finally. I, just, I feel like um, lately, because I've just been avoiding things left, right and centre, I'm um, I've, I've starting every episode with I've got nothing going on in my little world and so uh, I just you know I've, I'm struggling but now I've got something to talk about and so you know in the first time in the last year you know in a year and a half I finally got a race in, I raced it's just it's been a long time since bloody you know <laughs> in between races and originally I thought you know um, I, I would just have a, a quick chat, um, quick story on, on the race and then move on to the questions. And then a mate was saying, well, you got to do a whole episode on it. And I thought, nah. Anyway, I was convinced to make this podcast about myself. And you know I don't like to talk about myself that much, but just this one time will make another exception. So, <laughs> I did 70.3 Tasmania last weekend. And, um, I, I, you know as I just mentioned a first race in a year and a half and not only that leading into this race it's the first time in four years I've had no niggles no injuries no nothing it's like I've had a long period of time here with just nothing everything's been ticking along perfect I have my training plan that I create myself I follow the training plan I'm very very focused on being injury free I spend a a, a silly amount of time monitoring that and assessing that and working on that and thing. I'm just thinking this is bloody beautiful. And then Tuesday, last Tuesday, ticks ticks along, and I'm going for a seven kilometre easy. Sorry, I'm going for a one hour easy run, just trotting along nicely. And seven k's into this bloody run, my post, I feel this pain in um, my post uh, on my on my left hand, my left hand post and I, and I've, oh, cracky crikey, so I've started walking, and I walked for one minute, and I started, you know, I thought, right, she'll be fine, we'll have another crack here, and then I go, I go again, and I take about three running steps, she goes again, I thought, bloody hell, so I swear a little bit, and um, I call up my daughter, who came, swung, you know, we came and picked me up, and i could i was feeling around and i could see feel my post him and it felt you know from about midway f up my shin down into my um ankle it felt like i've got a metal rod down there just like i've stuck a you know a metal coat hanger in in under the skin i'm thinking jeez where's? and i'm generally very very good and very articulate with um Releasing muscles and, and things in my, in particular, in my legs, a minimum of three times a week. I, I, I do it with rollers, uh, massage guns, and I use my hands and fingers and massage um, sticks and all, all sorts of gadgets. But I we dive right into all those little areas constantly. And, and I won't run either. I won't run unless I've done it at least three times in the week, in the seven days prior so i'm i'm this it took me by surprise but i but thinking about it is um i've kind of been struggling to hit that post-tib area um with with the when i'm doing my muscle releases because my left hand to hit that spot deeper i use my left thumb and a few weeks back half my th- half my thumbnail ripped up ripped up um and so it's kind of been a bit tender so i haven't been diving in that particular spot with my left thumb but anyway that's you know just a a side note and so like everything um I went at getting this released like a bullet a gate I set my alarm on my phone every three hours while I was awake and I put the physio cream in and I'd dive deep and deep and deep every three hours trying to get it get it right and it was it wasn't feeling right It, it felt like it didn't like me that much at all and and the idea of doing a race it wasn't wasn't on board and it wasn't until um two days before the race to uh friday that it actually felt normal and i thought oh thank goodness for that anyway i kept that i kept releasing it constantly um go so now we're on Saturday and I and I drive down to the race so I live for the people that don't know I live in Launceston which is north Tasmania and the race is in Hobart south of Tasmania so it's exactly 200 kilometers away from my house virtually on the dot and so I drive down there and with my sons coming it came down with me and my father-in-law so he could you know look after my son while I'm racing and we get down there and we have a, you know, I check in and I'm about two hours from the time I've, you know, I've got to check my bike in before the end of it. And I thought, right, well, let's get the bike. I'll go for a quick spin and make sure everything's all peachy and then we'll, we'll clock it in and go, you know, spend the day knocking around. And so I get back to the car and I start pulling crap out of it, get my bike together and it bloody dawned on me. I've left my bloody race wheels at home. I've got no wheels. They're all at home, and I'm thinking, and, and uh, I'm, uh, you, I'm in complete stunned mode. I'm looking at it, like if I keep staring at my bike, wheels are going to appear. And I'm, and then I'm getting so angry with myself because, you know, it's on me. I, I should have. I've had this beautiful checklist of going through absolutely everything, but I bloody forgot my wheels. And how. So, I called my wife who um, was still at home because she, she had tickets for Festivale so she wasn't coming down to watch the race and I said, and I'm explaining to her okay, you wouldn't believe what I've just done I've, just, I've left the wheels at home anyway, God bless her she, she agreed to meet me halfway halfway down <laughs> halfway across Tassie to um, give me these bloody wheels and which made her late for her, for her night out and so I had to quickly run back to, to to the race staff to see if I can clock my bike in late because there's just no way I'm going to make it on time. But anyway, all that's done and dusted. But the the, the the problem with all of that was I was I that first the the way the race the bike leg works is you got 11 kilometres of technical roads, which is you're either moving up or down more more times or not. Or, and you do two 34k loops, and then you got that 11k back. You know, I was pretty familiar with the 34k loops, but I've never travelled on any of these roads, or well, most of the roads for that um, 11k technical bit, and you, a lot of it, you're going up and you're going down, a lot of that. And people had warned me on a couple of them, and so I thought, right, I'll drive that a few times just to make sure I've got it in my head. And clearly I couldn't do it because... My bloody wheels were left at home, and so I thought, Oh, I'm just gonna have to learn this section on on, on race day. Anyway, going also going into this event, um, the, the goal for this event was purely a test day. It, it, it was the goal to test exactly where I'm at and what I need to do and where I need to improve. It, it was. Purely a good test day. I'm not trained for this event whatsoever. I'm training for Ironman, and this is just that nice key session leading into an Ironman. And so, looking at last year's result, on the other hand, I'm thinking looking at what they did last year, and I'm thinking, oh, and and the temperatures here in Tassie have been quite warm, and it's been very windy down here in Tassie for a few solid weeks. And I'm thinking, you know. If this way if, if the wind picks up if, if I can have a flat swim if I can have a flat swim uh, a warm day and if that wind picks up once I'm on that bike really picks up I might be able to sneak into the top five here that's what I'm thinking to myself but for me to do that because I'm not fast i by any stretch but I but I I'm confident enough that I'm strong enough that I could just keep with my power numbers and goals that I set for the day that I might be able to sneak into top five, but I'd have to have all those things in place for me to do it. Flat swim course, um, a warm, rather windy bike, and a a warm, windy run. That's what I needed. I got none of that. Absolutely none of it. Unfortunately... um, yeah, it was completely the opposite of all of that. So the swim, um, last year it was pancake flat. Um, I was a volunteer at last year's race, and I'm thinking, geez, that's a beautiful swim there. It looks almost like a swimming pool. Um, today, it was... It, it was choppy, this this year was choppy, but not as bad as what a lot of people made out it was, I heard a lot of people talk about how choppy it was, I didn't think it was as bad as what everyone was making out, I thought it was cold, no one was talking about how cold it was, but they were talking about um, how choppy it was, but it was choppy, but yeah, as I said, not as choppy as I thought it, not as choppy as everyone was making out, um, but as but the I, I swim I take off in the swim and it, at first i I'm thinking geez this is bloody freezing in here it's cold anyway after about 800 meters it felt normal and so I'm um, during this whole swim from the time I, I dive into the water to the time I get out it felt easy it I, I felt relaxed I felt smooth I felt comfortable I felt yeah and um, I would say every dozen swim strokes, I could, because I breathe from, I breathe on the right hand side in a race. Every second stroke, every you know six, eight, ten strokes, I would glance at my right arm at the catch phase just to double check that that's looking good and it was looking good. And I'm thinking, geez, everything's nice. Though I did make a pretty big mistake um, as I'm swimming out to the first major turning can. I look at the wrong can, because I'm half following another person as, at the same time, and we, we start heading to the wrong can, which by the time I worked out <laughs> what was going on, um, we, we'd put um, what I think about 80 metres onto the swim, looking at what I did and what everyone else did um that would, and from the sounds of it, I wasn't the only person that actually did that. There was uh, even a couple of the pros ended up doing that as well. It, it was just a funny swim course. It was like a dog's leg almost. This swim course, and I, you know, made a silly, silly stupid mistake there. But the swim felt good. I felt I, I, it was hard to describe how good this swim felt. I get out of the water. I look at my time. And I'm thinking, that can't possibly be right. This It's like three, four minutes slower than I thought I just did. Because I'm thinking, I, I, I felt great. And I'm looking at the time, I'd th- I, I have no idea what happened. And, and and still, there's a fair part of me that still doesn't know what actually went wrong in that swim. I think, um, and you could say, well, you swim 80 metres more, but I'm looking at my average pace on my watch. It should be a lot faster than what it was. Um... I think what I did wrong is I just didn't... I just didn't swim hard enough. I think I swam easy. And, um... I I think that's what... What it actually was. Because I I exited that water feeling really relaxed. I was barely breathing deeply, running into transition one, which never happens. So, I I think I just took it a bit too easy. I think that was another stupid mistake of mine. Um so I get on to the bike course and the original plan was to recycle at 235 watts um, 300 watts capped on the or 305 watts capped on the hills um, and trying to pedal as much as possible down the hills trying to um, have my power veritability to um, 1.06 somewhere around there so that's kind of what I was aiming for um, that didn't happen <laughs> um, unfortunately um the roads were um just slippery wet and slippery it, it, it was wasn't raining but it wasn't um it was a sprinkle it spitted on us uh, constantly and it was the the roads were so slippery and i i slid out about a half a dozen times i would guess somewhere around there and the problem with that is, you know, I, I crap my pants every time. But um, and there were only small slips. Um, I I stayed upright every time, but I kept thinking, geez, is there something? Did I, did I check the bike before? You know, is there something wrong here? What my tires were all right this morning. Did I double check the bolt? And I'm I'm, I'm start questioning, is it my equipment? Because I'm looking. Uh, I knew a lot of people hit the ground because you just got to look at them and they they they're. they're, they're they clearly got hit the ground and um, but yeah it was um, it was slippery slippery for everyone to I, turn I spoke to a few people in including people with um now I've I always consider myself my bike handling skills I th- I believe are above just a bit above average um, my bike handling skills. And then I talked to people with spectacular bike handling skills that make me look like a bloody, you know, a complete numbnut. I talked to them and they, they slid out as well. And I thought, right, that, that make, that make me feel good. That makes me feel great (laughs) that I'm not the only one, but pedaling downhill, I I just couldn't do it. I just didn't have the, um, uh, the balls to, to, to pedal downhill and a, and a lot of times I sat right up trying to tr- trying to roll down there because I just I had a, had that fear of sliding out. Now there's eleven hundred meters of elevations on this course, so it's a really hilly. You're moving up and down constantly, and so I, um, those roll those parts of the course that I had hoped to gain a lot of speed going downhill and carry that speed. you know in some parts kilometers um didn't happen because i sat up i was you know at many times had a fistful of brakes um so it's um it cost me a fair bit of time on that bike course because of that but it cost everyone that sort of time on the bike course so it's we're all in that exact same exact same boat but um, so I didn't. I very very quickly realised I I'm not riding the power. I'm I'm riding completely on feel. Um, so at the at the end of it, instead of having a normalised power of um, 235 watts, it was 226 watts, and my power veritability number looks absolutely horrific, um, which which is understandable. because I didn't pa- I didn't pedal at all downhills. Um So. The bike was i i had a guess—a um, few minutes slower than I thought it would have been, somewhere around there. Um, but it—but it—but it was okay. It was definitely an okay ride under the circumstances. I—I was happy. I was satisfied. Um, and in the run, I jumped onto the run. In the run, I had a particular power number: two hundred and eighty-five watts. I was just to hold that for eighteen kilometers straight. After that, uh, assessed, what you know where i'm at and then i can go for it that's all i had to do that's all i the plan was and the there was i can't couldn't couldn't fault the run it was 100 percent perfect i felt it felt easy the entire time i at no point did it feel challenging um even in the last three case when i picked up the when i thought yep yeah, now now we can go um it, it still felt easy i've just my, my son couldn't you know? Had a crack at me every time he saw me, saying you know you want to you at least want to try, because he said it looked like I was doing it easy. It, uh, it was just the the perfect run. I was I couldn't have asked for a better run, but um, it was just yeah, it was just, uh, I ticked a lot of boxes on that thing. But I will say the the game plan, the nutrition plan going into the race was um, I was going to have 90 grams of carb, uh, homemade gel. I make my own gels. I was going to have 90 grams an hour with two salt tablets an hour. And at 90 kilometers on the bike and 10Ks on the run, I was going to have one of their Morton caffeinated gels. That was the game plan. And when I realized the it was a much cooler day um i changed that to 60 grams an hour of carbs and um i kept the Morton gels every um at 90ks and again at 10ks on the run so i did because i knew i knew i you know it was significantly less heat i, I probably don't need that amount of um, carbs and it, it, that worked 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 well uh, one thing I did do quickly um, is um, Nerd Belt. They, they they sponsored my son, and I swear I, I do more for bloody promoting Nerd Belt than he does. He's hopeless at the moment, I've, and I'm not afraid of telling him. He's... Um, I, I ran with a Nerd Belt with the... Um, and I, I, I've got to say, though it was good to run through all the aid stations and not look sideways at him. but I will... But... <laughs> and and I do think I've just paid for nerd my, my nerd belt in one race those Morton gels I don't know how expensive they, they each gel are I know they're worth a fortune and the first thing the thing that was entering my head while running is the story about David Dello um, when he won Ironman Australia some years back now for the people who are not sure who David Dello is or haven't heard the story oh it's a tremendous story David Dello is an Australian pro triathlete at the time I think he's retired the these days, he was um, winning, he was in the front at Ironman Australia going back a half a dozen or so years ago, maybe more, he's he's winning but Timmy Reid I think by memory was running him down and he's financially strapped, you know, like most, like most pro triathletes, financially crippled and his next race was six weeks later at Ironman Cairns. And so he, he in the last aid station, he 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 thought he would stop at the aid station and fill his all his pockets up and stuff down his pan, uh, in, into his uh, kits as many gels as possible, so that could get him through to his next race because he had no money. And so I did, that just that never stopped entering my head. And so I thought in that last lap, I'm going to fill this nerd build up all the way to the top with bloody Morton gels, and, and, and you're probably thinking, you are a tight one, you, you should be ashamed of yourself, but on the other hand, how many gels did you quite get into that nerd belt? Answer is 10 gels I ended up getting, <laughs> almost paid from a nerd belt, so um, that was pretty, <laughs> bloody tightwad. Anyway, anyway, um, but I'm, but another good uh, super thing happened um, is the recovery rate from that race, um, and I had this thing planned out a treat. Uh, um, I, I reminded my son on that on my last lap of the run, I said, "Don't forget my shake," because I had this sh- um, recovery shake all all set in the s kit in the car. So he just had to get it and you know hand it to me. Um, so I, so once I crossed that finishing line, I've within five definitely within five seven minutes of crossing that finishing line i had my recovery shake um then one hour after finish after the finish or maybe 50 minutes after the finish i had a protein shake then we had some lunch then two and a half hours after the race i had another protein shake and then it was you know on messa message and all this stuff and the next day I woke up, and it just felt... Even that afternoon after the race, it didn't feel like I'd completed a half Ironman. It com- felt like I just had a solid day of training. The next day, it just felt like i just finished a 20-hour training week. It, it just felt like it was a solid training week, and it, and I just kept recovering throughout the week. And to the point where, come Wednesday, training to normal. My training just slipped straight back into normal routine. Um, I was pretty pretty impressive I, I monday and tuesday were easy spins in the legs just to you know make sure i'm feeling okay recovering okay and back back to normal i was, I, I was just crazy not the right word i was just wildly impressed how quickly i recovered from that and um so but, but a lot of it i think was nutrition and and Leading into it I hadn't done too many 20 hour training weeks Leading into this thing I'm training for You know Training for Ironman But most of the weeks Were around that 18 hours 18 and a half hour Training weeks And um, These school holidays Just about killed me They they, they were tough Because of um, There was always that One Maybe two Bike rides I had to miss out Every week Because of Something going on But anyway um but the kids are back at school now so that's I'm back into my normal little routine in life and I'm bloody happy. Um but yeah that that's that's the sort of story. I've got another half Ironman in 3 weeks now from now. Um so that last you know the, the 70.3 Tasmania there was a mini taper for that. Um it was it was a 6-day taper. This next Ironman, there won't be any taper at all. I'll be forced to have the day before as a, a an easy day, but that's purely because of work. And then going from work straight down to the to the race, um, is, I miss out on a training session doing that, or I or I wouldn't be resting at all for that. And then in um, two weeks after that, a half Ironman, I've got an Olympic distance, which I haven't done in a uh, hundred fifty eight thousand years. And there would be zero, zero rests for that. They'd be just training completely through, and maybe even another training session after it. Um, and then all roads lead to Ironman. That that that's that's my little story. And as probably from the next episode, I'm gonna you know start off with Nothing going on in my little world. If you guys have any questions, training, racing, nutrition, if you're still here listening to this, me carry on, you know, just gibbering crap, really. Send your s- questions through to TimotrainSmooth dot com until next episode. Here.